Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. How you doing, bud? Doing good. Yeah, doing... Uh... Cavs, uh, you know, made me feel a little bit better about my take from Tuesday. So remember I'm not going to what lie. it was. I, I was sweating it. <laughs> I was really sweating the, in the fourth so quarter last night. Just real night. quick here, because you were talking about the the good loss, so, right? Yeah. So you you a thought lesson the Sixers to be game. learned? Yeah, lesson to be learned. Uh, actually, after the game, Donovan talked about how they came yeah. into uh, they came into the day angry and coming off that loss, they were angry. Uh, it didn't look that way in the first half, though. Yeah, I was gonna they, say they couldn't throw it in the ocean standing on the beach. They kind of hit thrusters when they were down by was it sixteen or 17? seventeen? It was yeah. seventeen. Yeah, and so. It's funny, like, I kind of just looked at yesterday as like, okay, you didn't lose two straight that you shouldn't have lost. And more importantly, that team just looked like it was ready for the All-Star game, (laughs) which in fairness, every team does. Yeah. So, like, it's almost like even though it was the game that came after Philly, I didn't have the same level of agitation, even though I think there's a through line there. But I think this could be a case – that both games could be a case where maybe you were looking a little bit more ahead to the All Star break. Yeah. I don't love that. The one, two, three, Cancun. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so I don't love it. But it's at least a little bit better because you you closed out with a win there. Yeah, and and so I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, y'all want the Aretha Franklin R E S P E C T, but you gotta do me a solid because I I was trying to have your back on Tuesday, and then you're getting your doors blown off in the first half to the Chicago Bulls, and you can't make a shot to save your soul. And then, uh, yeah, they didn't have a lead until like the 10 minute mark of the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. And and George Nyang, uh, he will be <laughs> known guy. as the minivan from here on out. Well, okay, he's already known as the minivan, <laughs> right. but uh, yeah, I got to I got to send out the minivan is in cruise control. At one point, and then immediately after that, the dust-up happened <laughs> right. with Kobe White, and which was great. Ness, you know, Ness likes going to basketball games. Of all the sports I watch, right. she'll tune in and pay attention to, to basketball, but trying to explain to her what a big nothing burger the Kobe White-George Yang kerfuffle was, right. that's what it is. That's a kerfuffle. That's it, not a fight. It, wasn't, it really wasn't anything. I mean, it, it, there, there was contact, foul got called. Uh, White took exception to it. Yang took exception to it. And then there were a lot of exceptions being taken. Yeah, And it was verbal after that. There was a little light shove and then, you know, the little barking back and forth. But, you know, the officials and the coaches all ran in. I I couldn't tell if it was security or coaches because the— It was JB because I saw JB run in. 
Well, no, the uh, not just that, but the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse uh, court folks that assist those that have the, the courtside seats or whatever were wearing the same red tops, it looked like, <laughs> that the Bulls coaches were wearing. Mm-hmm. You couldn't tell them apart there for a second. I just saw a bunch of people in red shirts descend upon the, as you put it, kerfuffle. A kerfuffle. Not to, kerfuffle. That's to, different. To separate them. And, and, you know, but, yeah, I mean, I'm just glad they won. They they, they got it done. Real and quick. Going to the uh, All-Star break. I'm just going to tell you right now, that's not a double technical for both guys no. if Isaiah Stewart doesn't get arrested earlier in the day. <laughs> See, I, I'm being 100% honest. That was the biggest nothing burger. And, thankfully, they did the double tease that canceled out. So, it's no, it's, it, it, it really is a nothing it, burger. It was getting chipped. It was but, starting to get a little chippy. So, that that was to calm things down. Yes, that, that's what that but was But 100%. About. Refs were on high alert last night. Because and I, I I you cannot convince me it wasn't the Isaiah Stewart thing. It had because yeah. they were a lot tenser last night and a lot more quick to action. I I also thought they were a little bit too quick to call things. Right. Like I can we just say like guys embellishment uh, NBA players uh, in spite of Space Jam two are getting too good at acting. Like they are. It is <laughs> it is getting to a point where and Kobe White I think ninety percent of the reason his hair is to the degree it is, is because he knows that that his hair bopping around and him his dramatic head tosses, right. he should get an Oscar. Like, move over Paul Giamatti in The Holdovers, which is a great movie. Kobe White last night, like, that was Daniel Day-Lewis level. Like, I, I was like, is that Lincoln on the court? Is that, is that, uh, is, is this, is this, there will be blood? Because it feels like that level of commitment to a performance. And listen, I'm calling out Kobe. It was, it was, like, it was Oscar-worthy. Yes. At, time, at times, it was Oscar-worthy, and I'm not going to lie. The hair helped. The hair absolutely helps. And now we got to get to Jarrett. We got to be like, Jarrett, we got the playoffs coming up. We're going to need you to grow the fro. We're going to need you to double that in size because any time Kobe White moved his head in any direction, whether he was trying to flop or not. The whistle refs, blew. Refs, I mean, he tripped over his own feet. And they fouled George Niang out of the game. And 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 as a quick aside, you know, JB, you can challenge that. When a guy just just so JB knows, when when a guy that was actually instrumental in you getting back in the game, right. and a guy who set the tone energy wise, I'm not trying to stand full on for George Niang here, but you can you can challenge whether that, that was a foul. Yeah. And Kobe White just looked like a big dumbass tripping on his own feet. And I like Kobe. I watched Kobe play at North Carolina. And, and so did hey, Donovan Mitchell, big big Kobe White fan I, too, had lots of nice lots of nice things so, to say. And the uh, the Bulls uh, social team came into the Cavalier locker room specifically to get Donovan Mitchell to say something about Kobe White. I I think they did the right thing because I I so but Kobe didn't do that crap at UNC because I watched him. Every single night, because I he clearly watched a lot of uh, Tarzan Barajal. I think it's what they're coaching these guys to do, and it's to a point where the NBA has to crack down on it. And they 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 talk tough about uh, flopping and embellishment. It's yeah. to the point where these guys are being coached to such a degree, and you can see it. Like they exa- like Demar Derozan, a, a, a little bump. They exaggerate, like oh, you just knocked me into next week. Well, yeah. and I don't like. Listen, I understand why you coach them to sell the foul, and I understand the idea behind it. Here's the problem. Uh, DeMar DeRozan flew across the floor on no contact, didn't get a call, and then didn't get back on defense. Like, I think that's the thing that would drive me crazy. I'd, I'd care more about playing uh, four on five the other side of the court than I would, oh, you didn't get that call because you flopped. 
But anyways, like I, they got to do something right. about it. Yeah. Because there were two things that stood out to me that have nothing to do with the Cavs or Bulls last night. One of them is embellishment is out of control. The other thing is there are just too many games where the final 90 seconds of the game takes 30 minutes of real time. And just in an era where all all leagues are caring about is making it as palatable as possible, as watchable as possible, last night and, – and listen – it's a close game. I understand the theory. I understand the theory of fouling guys to keep in a game close. If you're down, I understand that that goes all the way back to the beginnings of the game. I don't care. You know why? Because it sucks to watch. And it really is just unwatchable when it's like, all right, this team takes a five-second possession, jacks up a, a, a ridiculous three to try and uh, uh, get even. Oh, they make it. Okay, now we're going to come back down. Now you foul. Like It is so unwatchable. They need to treat it like a tech. It, not every foul under 90 seconds because I oh, Tiger almost got out of the cage there. What they need to do is they need to treat it when it's an obvious foul where it is a, a purposeful foul in the final 90 seconds, it needs to be – uh, either a shot or two shots, and the ball goes back to the team that got fouled. So the foul to give thing needs to go away, is what you're saying. Yes, 100%. but see, you know what? I'll, I have more of an objection to the constant play timeout, play timeout, mm-hmm. play timeout. I mean, Mac and I were texting for like a f- during the entire second half, trying to figure. I wasn't sure I was going to make it in time to to hop on his show mm-hmm. the way I'm supposed to every uh, Wednesday evening. Like I, I wasn't sure that like, I was even going to make. I'm like uh, this. Uh, I know we have like 30 seconds to play, but if we finish it in the next 40 minutes, I'll be impressed. Because, but I don't have a problem with the strategy of of the intentional foul, send them to the free throw line, make them make their free throws, extend the game because teams come back and win that way late in games. How, what, how often? It ha- it ha- I'd say it's about one out of ten. I'd say it's about ten percent of the time it works. But that's like that'd that's be the- like if the NFL was like, you know what, uh, you know what we're going to endorse do? a way that now you got to do a hail mary at the end of the game, and and and, and that's like the the thing that happens in like fifty percent of NFL games, and it's got like a ten. Here's the solution percentage. that'll never happen because of the advertising dollars involved, right? And the networks have to recoup the billions of dollars in rights fees. What it should be is the timeouts with less than 90 seconds to go should all be 30 seconds. That it, And I'm not talking like a, quote, 30-second timeout that's a two-minute commercial break. I'm talking about it's 30 seconds. You can play a 30-second spot, come back, and we're back to business. Like, instead of timeout, three-minute commercial break, run a play, foul, extend, whatever it is, another timeout, another three-minute commercial break, come back, re- rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, until the the game is over. I think that that's one equitable solution to just kind of speed up the pacing at the end of the game there. I think last night they only had one-minute breaks, though. Yeah. They had a tight – like, last night, I actually give ESPN credit. They weren't doing three-minute breaks. Sometimes they do. If they haven't got all their spots out. It just felt that way. Well, but that's the problem, is at the end of the game where you've got a great, tense game and both teams are jostling to get back in it, you know, not only have you stripped away every advantage of any defender – I mean, that call on Darius, where what the hell is Darius supposed to do? You can't touch a guy, right? You can't go up to him. You can't even get in his space. And it's a foul now. Late in a game, in a close game, everything's a foul. So not only do you foul, 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 but then you have these deliberate fouls. And the the whole purpose of it is, ah, well, we're going to go ahead and make you make your free throws. Man, isn't that sexy? Isn't that sexy? The final 10 points of the game. From the winning team, we're on free throws. That's going to drop some panties right there. No, it's awful. It really is. It is god-awful. 
And here's the thing. Hey, Donovan Mitchell was 12 of 13 from the free throw line. And by the way, we had MVP chance last night. Do you get to take a victory lap on that? Because I believe that I was the one suggesting Cleveland needs to get behind Donovan. And then you took that platform to spring off and say, like some MVP uh, chance there. I just, I, if I'm remembering correctly. I, I was very specific in that if you can give Jetty Osmond, as much as we love Jetty when he was here, if you can chant MVP for Jetty Osmond when he's at the free throw line, you can do it for Donovan. Keith, I was to, the one that made the specific suggestion that you could do it for Donovan. I was going to say, you, you're trying to be the guy that takes credit saying we should come up with ideas, and then somebody comes up with the idea, and you say, well, I am I told you to come up with an idea, so I'm taking credit for that. I mean, if I led Daryl to water and he drank, I would, I yes, I, I am <laughs> I am the shaman that led you to drink water. You're hydrated now. You're welcome. One, your credit is revoked, and I guess mine is too, because Seamarsh on Twitter uh, and social media reactions on X. Powered by Shivan Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Seymour saying, just hate to break it to you guys. Um, Spider Mitchell has gotten MVP chance before last night from Cavs fans. So Not any I'm, of the games that I've covered. I, well, I'm sorry. We're going to have to take it away. But I, I still get credit for leading you there. But you don't get credit for actually the MVP chance. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's the way it works. Afternoon drive with Nick Wilson. It's okay. Who makes up these rules? Me. Mostly. I was going to say, I need to have a conversation <laughs> with that person. So I, I one-sided as it may be. I do want to get to the Evan Mobley stuff here in a minute, but I I just waged war on both embellishment, which is embarrassing in the NBA. And and honestly, I don't know how you police that. Because the players are so damn good at acting. Like Kobe White last night. Guys, he just sold it really well. It's embarrassing. You look like a Something that I can't say on the radio, but like <laughs> the reality is the juice is worth the squeeze to those guys. Yeah. So like, I don't know how you police that. My idea, at least with the style of play late in games, which is, and I think it's really important to distinguish, it is deliberate fouls. It is those, you get the ball on the inbounds and you're fouled within three se- uh, three milliseconds, not three seconds. Three seconds would actually be okay, but three milliseconds. Like turning that into... Well, if it takes you three seconds to foul, you're not doing your job in that situation. That's true. And which, by the way, shout out arena timekeepers for, you know, hitting the stop button. But uh, you get free throws in a possession. I think that would that would that would stymie that just god awful. It's I understand the validity of the approach. It's not about the approach. You're, and coaches would hate it. You're trying it, to take a phase of the game away. I mean, that's what baseball did with uh taking away the or limiting the the um the what? The shift. That's what baseball's done with a pitch clock. Like, every rule change changes the game fundamentally. The NFL has taken away things. NBA's already changed the game by taking away hand checking. That's a huge thing that's changed the NBA. And people well, it's made will claim, it a more offensive league. Well, and- people claim that's a good thing. Okay, but then your final 90 seconds are still borderline unwatchable. So which one of those two things do you think is a, in terms of an enjoyment factor, do you think is a, a bigger hindrance to the NBA? I, I would say, I would God, this is painful for me to do right now. Oh, you have to agree with me? Is that what it is? I, I would say the last 90 seconds of games taking an hour to play. Now, see, now I get to take another victory lap here. Everything's turning up Wilson here to and, start. As you loathe and lament embellishment 
Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Nick Wilson to embellish. Go well, ahead. Well, that's different. That's not on an NBA court. If I was doing it on an NBA court, then it'd be problematic. 216-474-0092. We're going to get to the Evan Mobley stuff here in a moment. But embellishment or style of play late in these games, what what is less enjoyable to watch? Jim, welcome to the show. Jim. I need to take exception with both of you guys, and I love both of you. Uh, do we have the attention span of fleas? Yes, yes, NBA I games. actually do have ADHD. <laughs> NBA games take two, two and a half hours. Last night's game was only two and a half hours. And we're going to sit here and, and the complain. final 30 minutes oh. took uh, the final... 30 the, minutes? Yeah, three minutes of the game. <laughs> guys, let's, if we go back and look at the clock, it's not true. Come on, guys. I, I mean, you guys, I get it. You guys are going over the top of it. But NBA games are we the, would fast, never do that. the fastest... They're the fastest professional sport that there is. The whole pride of the NBA. I don't know. Major League Baseball will like a word these days. They're they're playing games in two and a half hours now. Thank you, pitch clock. Well, without the continuous action, I'm just saying. I I think we're getting a little carried away. Look, if you want to change anything, and this I don't know if this would have the right impact or not. You know, quit quit allowing them to take a timeout and move the ball to midcourt. I don't like. I don't hate I, that. You know what? I don't I, hate you that know what, either. Jim. I will meet you halfway on that. I still like my idea better, but I like your idea too. Jim, we appreciate you, buddy. I could take either one. I could take either one, Nick. I, I don't think either one's a big deal. I think you're right. I wouldn't mind seeing the two fouls in possession or, or two shots in a possession. It's just, I don't know. The time to me is they already go so quick that it's like Nick eh. wants the intentional foul. Uh, it's just call right off to the be break. applied yeah. in the final couple of minutes. There, which defeats the whole purpose of the quick foul to extend the games, make them, you know, put the game away at the free throw line. You guys are the boys. All right, we appreciate, appreciate you, you, buddy. Look at, look at Jim, got all the time in the world over here. So I agree, like, so here's, so where I think Jim is, is where I do think a fair amount of people are. What I would say is, I think I'm on the side of where TV execs are. And, and maybe league execs, which is everything we do in every sport now is, how can we make it quicker? How can we make sure that, like, we'll take two hours of your attention of 100% of your attention rather than two and a half hours of 75% of your attention. Well, I mean, look at the way things are going in society today. And and a lot of it has to do with social media, right? The the way content is consumed, people don't read as much as they used to. Now they want to watch videos and, uh, you know, whatever, look at pictures and things like that. They want it more visually interactive uh, for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Movies, who sits... I mean, I, I still do, but a lot of people don't want to sit through a three-hour movie now. They, they, they wanted a, a quick 90-minute story, and that's that. Like, um, it, it's just I, – I don't disagree with Jim, but, like, you have to adapt to what your customers want. It's the whole reason why Major League Baseball instituted the pitch clock mm-hmm. because the paying customers were telling them, we don't want – we don't have four hours to sit at a ballpark to watch the Yankees and – Red Sox step out of the box between every single pitch, adjust themselves, adjust their caps, move their jerseys around, pull up their pants, step back in, and then we throw in and then rinse and repeat 150 times throughout a game. The, the, you know the, the action in the game. You know the, that's why they got rid of the shift to get more base runners on. It, it, it's why at the end of the games now in extra innings they're putting the uh, 
I don't know. We call it the ghost runner. Have we decided on what we call that? The automatic runner at second base? I think it is the ghost runner, yeah. But but the the reason they're doing that is to speed up the ending of the game so it doesn't drag on and drag on because people don't want stuff that drags on. And it's a problem college football, I think, at some point is going to have. They've kind of already tried to address it, but I don't think they've addressed it well enough. College football is right now, if, if my memory serves me correctly, the longest sporting event to watch. You have to set three and a half to four hours aside to watch a college football game because there's so many stoppages of play and commercial but, breaks. But can I tell you, I do think, so I don't think it's all about time. But I, I think, think it's a big part of well, it. Well, but I think, so I'm glad you mentioned college football where your average competitiveness for your Blue Bloods versus teams in their conference now, like Alabama's beating um, Tennessee on any given year by 30 points. Right. And Tennessee's a bad example because Heupel's got them a little bit up. But like, you know, ten, uh, Alabama or Georgia is beating the, the eighth best team in their conference and the game's over by halftime. Um, your best hope when you play Rutgers, if you're Ohio State, is this thing gets interesting or stays interesting to the third quarter. So I think it's more of a balance between how quickly does the product go and the competitiveness. And right now, the NBA, if you look at it, there aren't as, like, it's a pretty fast product. Yeah. So it goes pretty fast. It's not competitive. I mean, a lot a lot of games are being decided by 10 points, 11 points. I think the greater I think the average margin of victory in the NBA is like 12 points. And here you are complaining night. about those close Cavalier well, wins. But my point is that's if it's in within 12 points, you're doing the stall tactics. You're doing the make yeah. your free throws tactics. So I think what I'm really saying is I think it's a balance between for both college bas- uh, college football and the NBA. It's how quickly can we get through this and how do we keep it competitive, right? And so if you're... So if there's a if pace com- and a flow to yeah, it. Yeah, but if your competitiveness is kind of waning, like, I don't know, 12 points average margin of victory in an NBA game on any given night, you need to make sure it flies. You really... Because I'll be honest with you, man. Like, last night, not as big of a deal. But when it's a... When you see games slow down at the end of the game and the game is a 20-point game, and it, now this is becoming a different conversation, but when those games take two and a half hours versus 215, it is unwatchable. No matter if you're a Cavs fan or you're a Wolves fan or you're an OKC fan or you're a Miami fan. And I think that's I, – I just think there's – I think that's the concern if you're NBA executives or TV executives. It's the push and pull of – Can we make this as watchable as possible? Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. 
Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. And can we make this as competitive as possible? And I don't think, like, if if the if the slow them down and foul them route, if that worked fifty percent of the time, I'd shut my fat ass up and I'd get through it. It doesn't. It it was it had a place in the NBA's in the in the in the NBA in the nineties when Shaq was playing. It worked <laughs> well, and not just that. I mean, in the nineties when every game was decided by seven points or eight points per game, you knew when they went to hack a Shaq, things were about to get interesting. Uh as a number one Shaq fan. On the station, I listen. I zero, love zero. I will not tolerate any hack a shack uh, discussion. It was bush league. You guys just couldn't handle the it fact of the man strategy that the diesel was a was a full load. Eric, welcome to the show. What you got for us? I got an idea for how to uh, speed up the pace of the game, and it'll kind of fix uh, a lot of the stuff. Which is put simply, you go to a soccer format. Like I watched a lot of the World Cup, both the women's and the men's, and basically the clock doesn't stop unless the team calls timeout. The, the clock just keeps rolling. How so, would you handle substitutions in the NBA where that where you got to handle like defensive assignments, it's a shorter court? Um, how would you handle stuff like that? Uh, you'd have to call a timeout. You want subs, call time. Uh, okay, so I, okay, so here's the thing. I like the creativity, so I give you credit on that, Eric. I will say – I don't like American sports stealing stuff from soccer, which makes me sound like just the biggest, most ignorant uh, American in his. I don't care on this on this specific thing. I'll be the ignorant I, American. I'll be honest with you. I the extra time thing would drive me nuts. Like yes, the, trying to trying figure, to figure, out, figure how, it out how yeah. they compute the extra time because when I'm watching a when I'm watching a soccer game or a European football game, uh, I'm constantly watching the clock to hit that 90 minute mark yeah. and then. When it gets to like 89 minutes, I'm like, ooh, it's almost over. And then I remember, oh, crud. Yeah. Yeah, They're about to add stoppage, extra yeah. time to the back end of so the So the thing. other thing that I don't know that it works is I I think there have to be natural quick stopping points, yeah, like like possession changes um, or coming off the, uh, uh, free throws. I think there have to be that because if you were trying to run guys in in that short of a court and – Do what hockey and, does. Line change. Well, yeah, but my point is – like, we're worried about guys getting hurt, soft tissue damage in the NBA. I mean, Going hey, from sitting on a bench to, sh- like, running fast into the – like, to defend or on the offense, whatever it is. Dude, how cool would it be to have line changes as the play is going on? Like, subbing out Donovan Mitchell as the play's going it, on. No, this – we finally reached a point where even the folks with ADHD like myself could not keep up with it. <laughs> We'd reach a point where it would just be That's unwatchable. That's my proposal. That the, en- that the NBA Institute line changes. And we're going to call That'll it. That'll speed things up. We're going to call it the Daryl Ryder screw your hamstrings uh, rate of play change there. 216 474 0092. Embellishment or style of play at the end of the games. Bigger issue in the NBA. I don't want to use this to, to actually denigrate the kid because the kid is having an MVP type season. But like today, um, Monica, Monica McNutt on ESPN. Had said, "All right, who's your who's your MVP candidate halfway into the season?" And she mentioned SGA, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander. By the way, having a tremendous season, 
and OKC is one of the best teams in the NBA. It's not about him, but it's like, all right, you clearly didn't want to say Giannis. You didn't want to say Tatum. You didn't want to say Brown. You, didn't, you can't say Embiid. You didn't want to say Jokic. So clear, or Luka, who is having a phenomenal season. You were looking for an other candidate, and then you went to a guy who's done it for two years. And Donovan's been doing it at this level for the last five years. So there was like, there's a part of me that's like, okay, that's a moment you can just say Donovan Mitchell. If you're looking for it, go to Donovan Mitchell. So I agree with Brad Doherty, who joins us now on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. I'm sorry, Brad, you got me, got me vibing here. I kept you on hold for longer than than uh, attended, bud. That's okay. That's okay. I, I'm liking what you. I'm picking up what you're laying down, and uh, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, we we continue. To, to see these shows and things like that, and you try not to pay too much attention to them anyway, but it's just unfair. Uh, you know, I watch basketball every day, every night. I watch a lot of games, and yeah, Shea Gildas is unbelievable. He's having an unbelievable year. Jokic is phenomenal. Uh, all of these guys they mentioned are phenomenal, but no one has done what Donovan Mitchell's done uh, over the last 25 games with a team that was basically. Uh, you know, several weeks ago, looking at the potential of being less than 500, but once you lose two of the most, you know, significant players in the league in Darius Garland and Evan Mobley, uh, Donovan put this team on his back, and not just through his scoring, but through his play. That's what I keep trying to talk to people about is he's having a career year in assists. Uh, you know, he's one of the league leaders in steals. Uh, he runs the offense a lot of night as a, as a point guard. He has to initiate. So he's not looking for his shot. He's looking for someone else's opportunity. And no one's done that. And we win, you know, we win all these games, man. You know, it, it's unbelievable what we've done as a, as a, as an organization, as a basketball team. And he just is absolutely, I'm looking at some of these guys and I know these guys really well. I've worked with them. I did NBA tonight for years for ESPN, worked for those fine folks and, I know what the narrative is. I know what the ideology is. You know, you got to obviously have ratings and those types of things, but some of these people have him ninth in their list. I mean, how did, I mean, I, that, that makes no sense. And uh, one of the, one of the guys who, who sits on the panel of the NBA Today show, I called him and I said, look, this is, how in the world can you have this conversation and not mention Donovan Mitchell? And the first thing he said to me is, well, you know, his playoff history's not been great. I said, this is a regular season award. What are you talking about? And and I love Luca. I think he's fantastic. But has his playoff history been that much better than Donovan's? So I just I don't know. I, it just aggravates me. It's always been that way though, uh, with Cleveland. We never get a lot of respect. Um, and and uh, it, it just is what it is. But to, to overlook Donovan Mitchell and what he's doing, I think Donovan Mitchell's the best player in the game. That's just my opinion. What's it going to take uh, for the camp? Yeah, and is it biased? Yeah, it's biased because I get to watch him every day. I see what he does, and uh, but I just it just it's difficult, very difficult. What's it going to take for them to get that respect? Oh, it, 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 they're going to have to go, you know, second round of the playoffs and play really, really well. Uh, you know, when we went through the playoffs last year, we didn't play well and got ousted by a, a Knicks team that was okay. You know, it wasn't great, and everyone saw that after us winning fifty games and said, well, you know, it's, it's just typical Cleveland, uh, which is unfair because we had, we had five guys who were playing significant minutes who'd never played a playoff minute. So uh, this year we got to get in that second round. we got to be in that second round, and it's got to go deep in that second round. I think if we do that, 
it changes that narrative drastically. But I think, you know, there's been enough cane that's been raised over the last two weeks uh, on these narratives that, you know, you got ESPN there tonight, and Doris Burke was giving me a hard time. She says, you're going to single-handedly put Donovan Mitchell on the, uh, on, the, on, the, on the talk shows as far as putting him in the bullseye. bullseye. I said, absolutely, if I have to, because it's just hard to sit back and watch this. It's not fair. It's just not fair at all to him, to a young man who's working his rear end off to be the best player in the game and just having people poo-poo him. It's not fair. Brad Doherty on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. So uh, it's still early in this conversation, but do you think Evan Mobley's three-point game is here to stay? Yeah, I do. You know, I I think it's it's really interesting. This has been a unique season. I've never seen anything like this. You know, when we lost Evan and 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 Darius, I mean, I was the first one to say, man, we're 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 gonna, we're in a lot of trouble. We're in a lot of trouble uh, because we had kind of struggled a little bit right up until those two got hurt. We're trying to get people consistently in the rotation and whatnot. But, I mean, J.B. Bickerstaff just sat down and came up with an incredible game plan, something that he didn't really want to do, and that's not the way he was taught to coach, by just freeing up the offense and spreading the floor and attacking people. And what that's, what that's done is Darius and Evan both have sat and watched this and seen the success. And so both of these guys are young, uh, very high IQ basketball players are saying, hey, I got to fit into this, and how will I fit in? And and I said it two weeks ago. This is going to be the best thing that's ever happened to Evan Mobley, because I think the way he was playing, he was it was going to be hard for him to get a whole lot better, because he was kind of being pushed into a certain box that he had to play in every night in order for us to have success. Well, with the depth of shooting we have on the floor now, I think Evan can develop his mid range game, which is the most important thing. And that's going to make him a dominant player. He would take threes last year, and I thought they were ill-advised because they would just be kind of a three-point shot where he would take it just because it was deep in the game and maybe he hadn't shot a three, just as kind of a heat check. He's taking three-point shots now when he's wide open and he realizes he can make that shot and it could be a a moment-altering shot, and he's making them. And that just that little bit, of a difference is huge for a basketball player as far as the next level of growth. And for Evan, that's to become an all-pro type basketball player, which I think he will. When, when, Brad, when you talk about getting to the next level, you know, J.B. Bickerstaff said last night that Evan's the type of player who can score six points, be the most impactful player on the floor. You talked about his three-point shooting and his approach to that. Talk to him in the locker room after the game. He used the word confidence a lot. You know, JB giving him the the love gives him confidence. Seeing, uh, you know, he's eight of his last 13 from beyond the arc, that gives him confidence. Um, As a former player, how can Evan really develop that confidence to where he's no longer seeking confidence, he just is confident? Yeah, yeah, that, that, that comes through, you know, just being aware I think the biggest thing and the hardest thing for players, and I, I, I give Kobe Altman and JB a lot of love for letting me be around these guys and talk to them a little bit because of the thing that you don't recognize sometimes as a player, what separates really good players from great players is that, you know, great players know that they're really, really special. And, and that comes through your work. You know, guys sometimes work just to work. Well, if, that, that becomes, you know, and, and it's habits, no doubt about it. But you need to understand as a professional athlete 
that if you're working your rear end off, and, I, and a great example to me is Isaac Okoro. This is a guy that shoots 1,000 shots a day. You know, he shoots 1,000 shots a day. And you're starting to see him make these shots consistently. And that's what Evan, that's what even Donovan sometimes, you know, you, you need to remind him, remind him, hey, you're doing the work. No matter what anyone else says, no matter what the pundits say, no matter what anybody else says, you're doing the work. And if you just trust that, that's good enough. Everything that's supposed to happen will happen. And so that's the thing for Evan. Knowing, you know, hearing all the conversation about him being the unicorn and all that stuff, that's fine. But me seeing him in the weight room working extra, me seeing him working extra on putting his elbow in the right position to shoot that three-point shot, those are the types of things you have to realize as an athlete. Those are the intangibles that separate you. You know, and everyone in the NBA is good. Let's just – everyone in the NFL is good. Everyone in Major League Baseball is good. <clears throat> but you separate yourself through your work ethic, and, and, and that's what he's established. And recognizing that, you can't let people take that from you. When you have a bad game or you're struggling as a team and the riders and everybody starts jumping on you, it's always easy to sit and say, well, they didn't do this and they didn't do that. Well, it's different when you're on the court. You may be trying to do that. But the other team may be better, just better than you are, and they negate that. So understanding those intangibles is what gives you the opportunity to be the best player that you can be. And you got to remember, man, this guy's just second year in the league. He, it's unbelievable what he can become. And he needs to realize that he is the best. He's going to be the best. I'm the greatest player on the floor when I walk on the floor. I impact the floor like no one else, and it's because of my work. So he'll get there, no doubt about it. Brad, one of the things we talked about after last year's uh, playoff exit uh, was toughness, both mental toughness, yeah. physical toughness. Are the Cavs a mentally and physically tougher team this year? Yeah, I think that's the most important thing. And when you're talking tough, I think you got to really, you know, really, really make sure you, that people understand what you're talking about. I mean, toughness is not about knocking a guy down or, or cheap shotting a guy. Toughness is about executing. So, and, and that's where the mental part, the mental toughness becomes more important than the physical toughness. Everybody, you know, people sit, sat and watched us play against New York last year, and, you know, they're like, well, Robinson knocked our guys around. He got all those offensive rebounds, blah, blah, blah. That all happened because we didn't execute. The lights were too bright, and we were hesitant, and we were in between. Toughness is about being able to execute under pressure. That's what being tough is all about, and that's where we're working towards. You know, I, I don't, I don't ever like to hear guys talk about and self-proclaim themselves as being tough. That, that's not if, if if you're doing that, then there's a problem. You know, uh, what you want to see is guys go out and actually do it and do ha, have the execution, have the discipline when things are going south to make the right play. You know, and sometimes the right play doesn't always work out, but you make the right play. And I think we saw that a little bit against, you know, against Philadelphia. Uh, Philadelphia came out. It's the first time this year I've seen a team really go at us physically. They went at us, and they were going at Jared and Evan, even though those guys blocked six or seven shots. They still kept going at us. And Nick Nurse had a phenomenal game plan. He, he made sure that when Sam Merrill was in the game, he didn't get a chance to breathe. He made him put that basketball on the floor every time. And and Maxi going at us, and and what that did is it knocked us back on our heels a little bit. And I and I told John Michael, I said they're 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 attacking us, 
like no one's ever attacked us. Let's see how we respond. And we figured it out, but we just figured it out a little bit late in that game. But you saw the effort in the last two minutes of that game. We almost won that basketball game. And I think that's a light bulb moment. Last night was a light bulb moment. We didn't play our best basketball, but we still won the game because we did the little things right. And, and to answer your question, yeah, I do see that. I do see that getting better and becoming more dense as far as being tough enough to succeed in the postseason. The postseason is about half-court basketball, like we learned last year. You know, the freedom of movement is restricted. The game is called a little bit differently. And so you've got to score in that 15-, 18-foot area, sometimes in that 10-foot area consistently. And we just did not do that last year. And, and we got our tails kicked on the backboard. And that's just a pride thing. So uh, I'm expecting much more out of this, this, this young basketball team as we go into the playoffs this year. And I think, I think our fans are going to be very, very proud of this team when we get to the playoffs this year. Brad, I could listen to you talk about the Cavaliers in basketball for hours at a time. We appreciate your time, sir. Uh, great stuff, and we're looking for uh, looking forward to a very exciting second half run by the Cavaliers here. Thanks so much. Hey, thank yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Brad Doherty, their Cavs legend, Bally Sports Cavs analyst on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.